Hello everyone and welcome on Women Abroad, the podcast that invites young professional women to share their experience abroad and reveal the wonderful women behind these stories. My name is Françoise Fallis. I'm an intercultural trainer and coach. I've lived and worked as an expatriate for more than 11 years in Egypt, Morocco and Nigeria twice and I currently live in Luxembourg. I meet young women who are studying or starting their careers abroad and hear from them about their discoveries, culture shock and the personal and professional challenges they face. What surprises, amuses, even fascinates them? How does their experience open up new perspectives and reveal new things about themselves? If you are curious about living and working internationally, this podcast will inspire you to consider new horizons. Women Abroad, be inspired by women who find their true selves living abroad. Today I'm launching my podcast, Women Abroad. It's very exciting. And as a teaser, I thought that I could be interviewed and share some of my own experiences abroad. Actually, when I arrived in Luxembourg, I joined the network, a multicultural organization promoting the development and advancement of professional women in Luxembourg. Marie-Louise Hashworth is president of the network, and she had the kindness to interview me. I let her introduce herself and the network. Before we start, I have to tell you that we had unstable connection at times. Hello, Marie-Louise. Hello, François. Very pleased to be with you today. This is a really exciting time for you. I'm very, very pleased that I can start this off with you. Um, so I've been in Luxembourg for five years. Previously, I was in France for over 25 years. And when I first came to Luxembourg, I too had lots of challenges. It was a completely new environment. And one of the saving parts of, of, for me, of being integrated into Luxembourg was by joining the network. And that's how we met. So the network is the oldest international professional business women's association in Luxembourg. Next, you will celebrate 30 years. The focus of the ne network is on diversity and inclusion, and also the challenges that women have when they come into Luxembourg or any country as to how they can be integrated and find a friendly face and just feel welcomed and that we can help each other and support each other. What interests me about you is how you have had such a varied and interesting career path, um, especially by working in uh, the developing countries of North and West Africa. I wonder if you could just tell me a little bit about uh, about how you 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 got there and um, the challenges, the major challenges that you experienced especially being in a developing country. Yes, sure. Actually, my husband's companies brought us to travel. Uh, we had plans to travel anyway. And um, after our wedding, we were brought to go as expatriates to Egypt, 
to Morocco and to Nigeria for the second time because we first went before a wedding. And we currently live in Luxembourg. So globally, almost 12 years abroad within between periods in Belgium. And so every move from or to Belgium required time to adjust and reinvent myself. But I think as a priority, I devoted much time for our children and find their way, for them to find their way in the new country before focusing on my career. And all along the way, I gained personal experience as an expatriate and professional experience in the business world, taking well on different functions, raising from commercial management, communication and human resources. And so I step-by-step acquired new skills, which I needed to further grow as a professional in intercultural and life coaching. Yes. Did it, was it very difficult for you to integrate into these, these, into these countries? Because if you were following, following your husband, then perhaps with his company, he had openings of things and he was integrated immediately. But it was up to you then to find your own way and find something or a job job, or to be integrated into the society around and and build build something for yourself that that's true my husband's companies did not provide any any job for the partner so i had to find my way quite quite alone especially in nigeria and in egypt when we arrived He left home at 7 a.m. and he came back at 7 p.m. I was left completely alone in a brand new country and it was quite a challenge. And so what I I did is visit the little town. It was in Port Said in the Mediterranean Sea, close to the, the entrance of the Suez Canal. I visited on my own. I read a lot of books translated into French from Egyptian writers, which gave me a first good idea of what life was like in Egypt. Uh, What was challenging is, is to be alone, not to know the language. And though I, I could speak English, many people could not speak English over there. And so I had to learn some Arabic which I did, not the writing, but speaking, just to adapt myself, to be able to do my shopping, I had to do it. It's very important when we integrate into a new country that we do try to learn the language, at least then we feel accepted. How do you feel about that? Definitely. Though English is a global language, in in many developing countries, when you want to adjust to local life, you need to know at least a few words in the local language to be able to manage everyday life, of course. In, in Luxembourg, life is very different. It's very international platform. So many people speak English or French. And for me, of course, as a French native speaker, it's much easier. But at the time, it was not the case. When we lived in, in Morocco, it was French, so it was easier, though... Um, knowing some Arabic was a real asset because you can come in touch with local people much more easily and they are much more open to share their life experience with you and you learn so much more from people when you can come in touch directly And, and language is an entry door. When you were discussing with the with the locals when you might 
and you managed to communicate with them. Did you really under, understand the, the, the cultural differences um, and, and what experience did you have in integrating with the, with the culture? Did you notice anything particular about their values and their ethics? Yes, definitely. But in each country, every country has a different culture. <laughs> so, so yes, for instance, what I noticed in, in Morocco and in, in, in Egypt too, to some extent, is that they, they want to please you. They want you to have a good impression on them. And so they say yes. A lot of time to your question. For instance, I was I got lost in in Rabat, and I asked a man in the streets. I'm I'm sorry. I said it in French. I'm sorry. Can you can you can you help me find my way? And he said yes, of course. But he he was so self assured that I I truly believed him, and actually it, it was completely misleading. And I I got. I lost my way a second time because he didn't want to tell me that he didn't know. For me, it was not an issue to tell me that he didn't know. But And so that's indirect way of, of communicating. And it's sometimes very, very frustrating. So, uh, Francoise, um, you were saying, you were talking about um, the differences in culture. As you know, the network and here in Europe, we we're very much, much greatly about the differences between um, values, also uh, about the the gender gap, the differences. We pay a lot of attention, especially here at the moment, we hear a lot about the gender gap, um, gender balance. Did you notice anything at all like that in, in the developing countries? Does that is that a problem for them? Do they do they see there's a difference? Yes, of course. I can I can give you an example of a situation where uh, I felt that the roles are sometimes different in different countries, and the women are not perceived everywhere the same way. When we were in Egypt, I one of my pur purposes was to find a job. Because I thought it as a prior, not as a priority, but very important for me to self-fulfill too, not only to be the partner of an expatriate working in the country. It was not that current for women to to search for a job as as it was for local people. It was so so easily admitted that the woman does not have to work because her husband supports the family or supports the couple financially. But I did find um, a company. It, they exported spices all over the world. And uh, it was very hard for the, the company owner to get a work permit for me. And what was hard is that on the one hand, he assumed that as a European who had university degrees, I could know about everything about the export of spices. Of course, which was not the case. I didn't know the, <laughs> I didn't know the business. I, I had to be trained ahead, but it was not the case. And on the other hand, he was very reluctant to share his files with me, partly because I was a woman 
and because I was a, a foreigner. So he kept all his files in, in the locker inside his, his office room. So, which was a challenge for me when I had to contact uh, and, and, yes, follow up and uh, follow up the orders. He was a Coptic. He was more open-minded than most Egyptians at the time because his wife was really a well-educated woman, but she didn't work because it was assumed that once you, you get married, you, 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 you look after the children. And um, another example, I, I applied for a job in a shipping agency, you know, in Port Said, uh, shipping agencies, there are lots of shipping agencies, they live on, on, on this business. I was called by the company owner of, and to make the interview and my application more credible, my husband had to come with me. <laughs> Oh, so, wow. <laughs> he had to attend the interview. I think gender equality is still is still an issue. I think, and this is one of the reasons to why I focus this podcast for women is that I think that women are not uh, admitted everywhere the same way, and they still have to to work harder to be in some countries even respected or for, for the best recognized and develop self, self and their leadership and to be accepted. It's not always obvious for younger women to know how they have to behave, what the social codes in some societies are, and what attitude is expected from them. And when you are a young woman, you still have to gain a lot of life experience to know, to feel how you have to behave. Because when I was younger, if I had had the opportunity to share my own experience or to listen to that of other women abroad, I think it would have allowed me to put myself in perspective and find my way probably more quickly. And I wish I, I was more supported and even trained when I began living abroad in a cultural context so distant from the one in which I had lived and brought up. For sure. And these factors mo motivated me to create this podcast of sharing experience that, so that young women can start a reflection on themselves and on what they really want to achieve and, of course, facilitate well the synergies of encounters and what, why not create a community of young women? <laughs> Definitely. And I, I think at every stage of our lives, we all need role models. We all need someone to help us, to give us that little bit of like climbing the ladder. We always need somebody to push us up that next rung, to give us support and also to have us a, a network of support around us as well, whether we go into uh, even coming into a, we're in a, a developing country or whether we come to a country such as Luxembourg, we'll also experience similar challenges that we as, as North Europeans experience like you have going to a developing country. It's very difficult, being a, especially being alone, even if you come to a country with a partner, you still feel very alone. And like you say, it's very important for us all to, to integrate and accept the culture of the country that we're in. 
what have you learned about yourself? Because you, you have a fascinating and, and very interesting uh, journey, not only you from, from going from Belgium to, um, I think I remember rightly, you were in Nigeria, uh, you worked with people from Sierra Leone, from Morocco. What what did you learn along the way? And what experiences can you can you impart on your listeners and on other young women on the same journey? I've learned that I'm not a routine person. Actually, I'm I feel I'm better off if I have to manage a sudden change than manage daily life, which is for me more challenging. And probably uh, I became, um, what I learned about myself is that I became a modern nomad, feeling good in, in many places. But as I, I'm developing online, I, I need a place where I can find inspiration to write, to coach, to connect, to work and to live. And what I also learned is that my close family is where I really feel home and makes me feel stable inside. And uh, I feel much better in a culture which cultivates joy of life. And nature is essential for my well-being. When I say that I feel much better in a culture which cultivates joy of life, it's, it's very dependent on our personality. Some women will feel very comfortable 10,000 kilometers away from their home for many different reasons, partly on their personality. Others will feel very uncomfortable just on the other side of their borders. So it depends on on our beliefs, on our personality, on, on the way we have been brought up with, but also on the culture where you have to adjust. And this you learn better when you are out of your native country. Because in your native country, I would not say that it's your comfort zone, that it's not true, you have challenges everywhere. But you are facing yourself and you have to reflect about who you are. And it's sometimes time to reinvent yourself, to find new skills you would not have imagined you could have developed in your own country. And it's, well, and uh, sometimes you are able to do things you would not have imagined doing in your own country. But lessons, I think there are opportunities in every country. Uh, but we have to take the best the country can offer and not regret and not feel homesick because you can't get what you had before or the way you don't travel. And so when it's too hard and when you start blaming others and the world around you for what you can't get, maybe it's time to refresh and to come back and have a short break in your home country and then you come back <laughs> more refreshed in your host country. But also be open for the unexpected and it's a mindset to develop. And it's made of curiosity, taste for new discoveries, new encounters. And, it's, and it makes our life so much richer when you come in touch with others and, and with others who do not think the same way as we do. Like, it's very nice to connect with like-minded persons, definitely. It's reassuring, it's... Oh, 
it's it's very nice and we need this but we also need to face people who think differently <laughs> because it enlarges our perspectives and I, I totally agree what i also learned is to take distance from the way i had been brought up and to grow away to learn to grow away from my family's fear at first from my parents and then from my daughters who left home to study abroad which was for me a real challenge so you you appreciated how your parents and the rest of your family felt when you left oh. to go and take on the challenge <laughs> but possibly because you already knew and hoped probably that your daughters wouldn't be encountering any difficulties and hoping that you had passed on your knowledge and experience to your daughters, that they can start a new challenge or a new journey without you. What I felt is that my parents did not accept that we left. And it was quite a challenge for them, even a struggle for them to accept this and for me too because I felt guilty for many years because I felt I abandoned them which is in some way it's not fair but that's the way I felt and so for my daughters it was different I had to let it go to let them make their own decisions and travel and study abroad. That was for me a piece of evidence. It was a learning process for me. But also when you travel a lot, you have to take distance from some material goods too, from a house sometimes. You feel good in a house. You have sometimes to learn to get rid of things, free the space from things you don't really need anymore but which sometimes just belong to the setting. And when you... Yeah, it's I, decluttering, isn't it? Yes, true, true. I, I moved 10 times and so I had to, well, to get rid of things. My inner stability does not only depend on a house. Of course, when you travel a lot, it's, it's very important to settle in a comfortable place, to organize, to, well, to decorate your house in a way you feel good in it, especially you live just a few years, so it's important. I also learned to put my own education into perspective and along the way keep what is valid and leave away what's no longer useful in my life. And... I realized truth is multifaceted. When I arrived in Egypt, I came with the belief that countries in Europe, in Western world, I would were more advanced on a te technological point of view, more modern. But what modern means? And I, I quickly realized that I had to question myself and say that, okay, I don't know everything in the country. I had to admit that I have to learn from local people. They are in their own, their own country. So I learned humility and modesty. And I think it's very important to be open to learn new things. I was a foreigner in this country. So I had to respect people for what they knew, for their history, for their cultural background. I had to learn things from them. We never stop learning. And of course, learning the local language, but this I said is often in a set and discovery makes for life richer <laughs> so curiosity yes for sure and don't try to change others 
but first look inside myself and change my mindset to better to fit better to the place or adjust to others. Another thing which looked important to me is that I had to follow my intuitions and if these young ladies come with a dream, with a passion, and so they have to, to search how they can make it true and learn to detect true inspirations and learn to make the difference between insightful and oriented advice. And do not let others deviate from what's inside you and avoid comparing yourself to others. So everyone wants life path and everyone's own tempo. Because to some extent, I, I felt that I was late Late in the meaning that I'd left my home country, so I had I hadn't gone some should I say some professional interruptions, but which which are not really interruptions. Because at some moment I had to adjust myself, my husband and all the family to the new country before thinking of my own professional stricto senso development. But along the way I learned so much that you cannot learn in a company. Then when I put everything into the balance, probably I gained, I gained a lot. I think we all gain a, a huge amount from just from, from moving, moving out of that comfort zone, like you say. And quite often it makes us feel more, um, I wouldn't say advantaged, but it makes us think more of what, what, we, what we have and appreciate it more. Because, like you say, you have to, if you're moving on a regular basis, you can't hold on all the time to material things. It's the internal, what we learn, how we grow, how we develop, that makes us who we are and, and who we develop into. It's not what we have, what we, what we can touch. It's not because we've got curtains. It's not because we've got cushions. It's not because we've got the latest technology in our kitchens that make us who we are that's true do your friends and family that you left behind when you took this journey have they seen how you have developed in a in a particular way do they see you still as being a native of your own country and how do you feel where do you call home actually with my family and or friends from Belgium, it's still hard to share what we lived abroad and what we are still living. Sometimes they don't even know what to ask or to share and or they are not really Because they haven't experienced it. And because they haven't experienced this. And as if I had left them at the moment and I, when I see them again, they don't already see the evolution I've been through sometimes. So it's easier to share with with other expatriates or people who have been exposed to living abroad and how uh, oh, we have grown. And sometimes it makes them uncomfortable to ask about ourselves, uh, even though they, they would not do this. And if you hadn't have left Belgium, what do you think you would be doing now? Probably, I I would have known myself less good than I know myself now. And probably I would have sticked to a more traditional curriculum in the company. But probably 
I think my life would have been boring. Well, it's a personal opinion. When I was in my 20s, I, I thought I would have a more traditional life path, get married, have children, settle in a house and stay. But I quickly realized that it was for me much more exciting to discover new people to face cultural challenges. Do you think that when for anyone who is wanting to to move and to live abroad or away from their home country, that you already, you already need to have this lust or this desire to understand other cultures and to have the need or want to travel? Do you think that it makes it easier when you have an interest in other countries and cultures in order to be able to move to a different country and to to be integrated. Yes, because it's a willingness. It comes from a will to discover. And I did not undergo my expatriations. It was it was a real project. It was a life project. It was a professional project too. So of course it makes it easier. If you if you follow, as many people told me, you are following your husband. I hated this expression because it was a couple project. So I I made yes. I, I took my share. I wanted it to to make it my own project too. Is there any anything that you would have done differently? Is there any advice that you would offer to young women or? Any women of any age who find themselves in a situation similar to yours, what would you have done different advise them to to look into to to help them to um, to be part of the social integration of countries in Africa, for example? One key point to to facilitate the adjustment is to connect to other people who or to organizations who can who can bridge who can help you help you integrate more easily it can be uh, chambers of commerce it can be expatriate communities prepare your trip as as much as you can and see try to grab and to connect with people locally. Maybe a friend of a friend of a friend can introduce you. I, I will give you an example. When we were about to leave for Morocco, um, I, had, I had been trained, I had followed some coaching with a, a Belgian coach, and I thought it would be a good idea to inform him that I would leave for Morocco. And I called him saying, hello, Christian, in, in a few months I'll be away. And uh, I wanted to, to inform you and say, can you imagine, so fantastic. I know a Moroccan consultant and we will open a coaching school in Morocco, in Casablanca. And I will connect you with this consultant and it will open doors maybe for you. And it did. And we are still friends. And I followed... <laughs> first coaching training was in his school and 
this is how it works. So then if you socialize as a person quite easily, it helps so much. It helps so much. Otherwise, these are skills you definitely need to develop. And for some people, for some women, it's going out of their comfort zone. Yes, definitely. So you're saying that I think here in Luxembourg, we're very, very fortunate because we do have so many, such a mix and diversity of cultures in Luxembourg. And if we can network with the people that are in this country that we've chosen to call home, if we are sent out or we do go to another country, it's so much easier if you already know somebody and it helps you to integrate easier and to take away that apprehension perhaps as well of going to to even understanding the the difficulties or the the differences between the two cultures and not only just in the culture but also in the in the climate thing about the country so i i would imagine that if you're going to or more information you can glean about that country makes it so much easier once you're there. It's reassuring to connect with people of your own culture or even to of your own country when one you you move abroad. But at one moment, it's very interesting to be able to connect to local people if the language is not a hurdle. Because you will learn so many different and so many details which you would skip if you stay only in the expatriate communities. And it avoids stereotypes. And sometimes if you go beyond biases, you can have amazing surprises. It can be bad surprises too. So <laughs> you go step by step, of course. In every country... I tried to connect to to different communities. For instance, well, the most recent, of course, it's here in Luxembourg. And we integrated a, a, a choir, you know, singing in Luxembourg and, and music is very important here. And we integrated a choir called uh, Voices International. Yeah, I, I, I used to sing with them as well. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's an amazing place and it's for me an extraordinary discovery and it's like like with a family out of my native country so it's really it's really great in nigeria i connected with a book group the discussing um african culture from african writers or non-african writers it was really insightful I also um, integrated a Bible study group. So for my spiritual development, it was it was really interesting. Africa is very religious continent. We went to a volunteering association called Nigerian Field Society, and they organized trips in Nigeria and in the neighboring countries out of the beaten tracks. I organized a trip, for instance, to a place called Badagri, which was a former um, slave center. So I learned a lot. So, And in Morocco, what we did, of course, I, I followed my coaching training, part of my coaching training over there. So I met, I was the only foreigner in, in the class. I was integrated in, in the group within the Moroccans, so I knew quite 
I learned quite a lot of their living and habits and the way they socialize and food too, as we eat good food in Morocco. And in Egypt, um, my my eldest daughter was very young and um, I traveled once a week and I brought her to Cairo in a nursery. I left her for the day and this was my only day off of the week. And I met um, ex other expatriates. I'm still in touch with them too. And so in I think in every country it's important to integrate a group, whatever an expatriate community or to do something valuable, because every country has something different to offer. If there are young women are considering leaving Luxembourg to move to another country, out of the comfort zone, away from their family, away from their friends, what would be your main advice to them? Contact me. <laughs> They can contact <laughs> <laughs> uh, because I think that what's important. What would be your main point? Yes, what my main point is that it's important to get to know yourself better because many of them still don't know themselves, and sometimes there will be a disruption in their their mental beliefs with the other reality and sometimes if the the country is culturally not too distant they don't notice or they just stick to the expatriate or the, the international community and they are fine but if they face cultural challenges sometimes they can be a bit disturbed because it's out of their logic and if you don't know yourself and it comes with life of course The more you live, the more you experience. I think it's very important for them to, to get to know the impact they can have on others, positive or negative, and work on their beliefs, and also work on what kind of traveler they are. What kind, how do they adjust as a person? What are they open to? I mean... What kind of countries would they like to live geographically? What on their open-mindedness to? It can be it can be about religion. It can be about food. It can be about in what kind of landscapes do you feel good? In what kind of people would you like? Would you best accommodate with? And if you don't know, if you have never ref self-reflected about these elements, it's quite hard. It can be a shock. Do you sometimes feel that, um, how do you combat the fear of the unknown? Do you embrace it? Is this, is this the fear of the unknown stopping us from getting on that plane? Is it stopping us from making that decision to take the next step and try something new? How would you encourage somebody just to take that final step? They have to put into the balance fear on the one side and the wish to discover what they can gain on the other side. Fear, well, it will be there. Of course, you don't know what comes, what's the next step. Everyone, that's the case for everyone. But if the will to discover 
to experience something new and if they truly believe they can become richer as a person by taking this challenge, then at one moment the fear will come at the back, come again later on. Let the will to discover come first and lead to a decision. What further advice would you give to women who have only just arrived in Luxembourg and may actually find language difficult? They also find that it's difficult to adapt to a Western culture. What advice would you give them to really make Luxembourg their home? The big advantage of Luxembourg is that it's a country where you feel safe. Nature is fantastic. And I think it might be a first step to emerge inside what the country has. One of the best assets of the countries is, is this lovely city. So turning around and not force relationships at first. I think we, when we are new in a country, it's, I think, rather pointless to force ourselves to socialize fast, fast and make friends as a way to survive. Because true friends cannot be considered as people you use to survive. <laughs> <laughs> Secondly, in Luxembourg, definitely there are very strong expatriate communities as American Women Club of Luxembourg. They are really friendly. You can connect with them very, very easily. If you like music, to create an ensemble or some, because music connects people and Luxembourg is very open-minded for for this ensemble and, and and of course if you speak English that's a good start <laughs> if you know mm -hmm, yeah. <laughs> yes it 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 makes things so much easier here if you can speak English but try to learn one of the local languages of the national languages because the country is small and learn French or Luxembourgish or German. Definitely, it will open doors. Even if we just say moyenne. Yes, moyenne. <laughs> and it's harder to come in touch with Luxembourgish people as a personal point of view. But once you come in touch with local people and they have so much to offer and you can create really authentic relationships and friendships and they can last very long. It's not superficial. That's what I noticed until now. I've been living here for almost two years. And a very strong point is that the individual freedom is something very important here in Luxembourg. Don't hesitate when you go through the administration for the regist registration, don't hesitate to knock at the door to ask people to help you. At first, it may seem, oh, it's administration. They are quite strict, normative. Yes, they are, but they know quite a lot. And I've been quite amazed of the help I received 
when I namely registered my, my company here. And they are very open, but you have to go to them. Go, take the first step. And then this is a piece of advice I could give. Because we're in their country, we knock on their door. They don't, they don't want to come to us and to say, hey, welcome to our country. We've landed in their country. So it's up to us to go and knock on the door and ask for help. Definitely. Schools can open doors too. And especially if you've got young children, perhaps, if you, if you put them into the Luxembourgish system, that's a way of also into, connecting with the locals. And also the fact that in your commune, the communes have so many activities. When you're in a commune out of the out of the city, there are so many activities that you can participate in. And if you are seen to be accepting of the new culture, the new the new language, the new country that you're living in, it's so much easier then for for you to be able to connect with Luxembourgers, French, German people who are living in your commune and to feel that you are accepted. And I think that majority, when you go into any country, if you do knock on the door and and as if you're interested in their culture and their history, in them as a people, they're very warm and welcoming. Yes, in Luxembourg, this is the case. Administration is a service for people. And it's really a service for people. So, Francoise, with this podcast, who are you targeting? What are the main objectives of this podcast for you? Actually, my purpose is to to let young women or literary women who are, who are studying abroad or who have started their careers abroad to share their experience, what a professional or cultural challenges they face. What does their experience, how does this experience open up new perspectives for them? What did they learn? How do they self-reflect? And also, I'd like to inspire other women who are considering to travel abroad, to reflect and to take the leap (laughs) and to consider new horizons. And because developing cultural consciousness creates trust and adjust and communicate with people of another culture is not automatic and takes time. And maybe this podcast can inspire and maybe bring some some answers to, to their questions. And I'm targeting so early career women, but also I'd like to invite more experienced women who could share at the looking back what they, the lessons they took from this experience, but also I'd like to invite human resources manager to know how they integrate these young women in, in companies, in teams, and what do they do, or the, either to train them or to support them in the company. And the, the sessions, the interviews will last between, well, around 30 minutes, they will be given in English, or in French, according to the language of the person I will interview. Thank you very much. And uh, thank you as well for sharing with me. Thank you for interviewing me, (laughs) Marie-Louise.
And I, I believe that sharing experiences does make us stronger professionally and personally too. So thank you very much for inviting me. Thank you too, Marie-Louise. Thank you for following us in this episode. Because an international experience can awaken incentives and reveal new aspects in women's identities, Women Abroad is the podcast that appeals to young women everywhere. Did you like this episode? Like it and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and share it with your friends. You can also rate us and review us. If you'd like to share your experience abroad as a student, an early career woman or a more experienced professional, contact me on my page, Women Abroad on Instagram or Facebook. You can also listen to our previous episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and on our website www.françoise-fallis.com I wish you a great day and a bright life. Talk to you soon!